0: Welcome to episode number 121 of Show Me Your Mic, which you can find at goodstuff.fm slash smym slash 121. This episode is another interview show. I've got Jonathan Bloom on, who's the host of the Frazzlecast at World of Warcraft podcast. For our conversation, we talk about the gear that he's using to record podcasts, some of the online services that he's using that I'm not aware of as far as uh, stuff to use to record shows with with guests and things online. And as usual, we just kind of commiserate about the state of podcasting in 2018 the fun and frustrations of this medium that we all love, or at least say we do. So enjoy our conversation. I just want to highlight the fact that, as I mentioned a couple times in the conversation, you can send in questions to the show at goodstuff.fm slash SMYM slash ask. That'll give you all the details on how, and then also submit your show to be on the podcast if you'd like to be on the show in a future interview, and I'll schedule it with you at some point in the future. So for now, enjoy my conversation with Jonathan Bloom. For some reason, I had Maybe it's just I associate World of Warcraft with with England for some reason. I was had it in my head that you were like across the pond for some reason. But maybe I'm thinking of someone else who's scheduling a podcast with me, but
1: Well, it is amazing. It has a huge audience in Europe, Australia. I mean, the and even like my podcast audience, a lot of it is people across the seas. So it's interesting. It's yeah, it, it like the United States, it's big, but yeah. we're even bigger, I, I just found out I'm
0: number 157 in, in Ecuador on video games. So I was like, <laughs> there <you "Hey>, <laughs> <laughs> That is the really cool thing about, I know, uh, I forget, there's one other, there's a bunch of the podcast analytics apps and stuff that have popped up again as they seem to do, I guess, every so often just because it's, you know, there's money in podcasting so everybody swar- swarms to it and then they kind of realize it's actually a lot of work to make money in podcasting and then they all leave and so we'll see what this latest round sticks around. but. um There's one that I'm getting, it's actually really good for like, oh shoot, This I shouldn't do this live, but I'm going to anyways, I'll open my email and try and find it. Um, Are you using anything in particular for like tracking those kinds of things or do you log into every single country's iTunes store and see where (laughs) your podcast uh, is? For
1: for reviews, I use uh, Daniel J. Lewis as my podcast reviews because that's a good price. And then right now I've just been using podcharts.co because that one I can do a ton of podcasts because I've got like four or five or six podcasts. So it's a, it's easier for me to, uh, to just use an app. And I, I'm, I, am i am assuming that pod charts won't be that expensive when it comes out. So I might put a few bits because then it just sends me an email every once in a while saying, Hey, you're here. So it's, it's kind of like, not more for vanity, but it's fun to be like, Hey, somebody in in some country likes me. And it's like, (laughs) Hey, that's cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of more just like that. A neat idea of like getting. Just being aware of where your actual your voice is going out to and who might be listening, whether whether it's one or two hundred or whatever, um, it's just kind of neat to see. And is that a a Pocket Cast um, M- mic emblem? Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, I nice. Got, I somehow I, they you know they somebody tweets out like, a, hey, send us your thing and we'll send us your address and we'll send you some stickers or whatever. So I just happened to be the first whatever it was to get in there and so you have a podcast and then i got a slack one as well that's it so i need i need a couple more i guess need to get a good stuff sticker that's small enough where ours are too big right now (laughs) chartable.com was the one i was using it's a a similar idea where it's just like sends you a weekly or daily email whatever you want and then uh of where you're at and and it's in beta so presumably they're going to start charging at some point for something and uh uh, I think there might, they maybe are going on the, like, we'll try and sell advertising for you kind of bandwagon, but we'll see. It's always like a little bit sketchy as to where <laughs> some of these businesses are going to make their money off of whatever you're trying to do. Um, but it's great to have, I remember years ago when we started podcasting and it's like, literally had no idea of how to even figure out whether <laughs> anybody was out there and where they were in the world. And obviously you can't create Apple accounts for every single country and, um, yeah, so I'm glad it's that Apple and developers, I guess, in in conjunction are able to figure this out a bit for us. So
1: it it is weird the fragmentation that we're, we're going to be having because now we have Spotify. I put in my name for the for the Prezelcast for Pandora, so I have not heard back on any any of that. I don't know <laughs> if Pandora is even going to want me there, but I've it's interesting now all the places to get our shows. It's yeah, mind boggling.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, and I it's it's tough to know how which one to throw. I um, mean obviously if you just have to submit a link and it's you know, you don't have to worry about it any further than that. But even just in mentioning, you know, at the end of your show or whatever, you're like make sure you find us on <laughs> these thirty other services. If you happen to be out there and please leave us a rating or review on one of these thirty other services, whichever one you happen to be in. Um yeah, where to sort of put your focus and, and energy on. So my guest is Jonathan Bloom. In case you're tuning in on the live stream, he has the the primary podcast. At least as far as why you're getting in touch with me was for Frazzlecast, which is a World of Warcraft podcast. I'm assuming there's some sort of Frazzle. I'm I'm a, vaguely I'm a Blizzard fan, but never took the plunge into World of Warcraft because I know I would I wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. I'd be playing. World of Warcraft. It would be like an addiction that I could not stop and my kids would never see me uh, unless they <laughs> also took up the addiction, which they probably would. Uh, but uh, anyways, the you have that podcast and then you also have a bunch of other podcasts as well that you do. But um, for the purposes of this show interview anyways, we'll uh, focus in on Frazzlecast. But going back, I guess, where how did you get first get into podcasting? Is Frazzlecast your first jump into podcasting world or what did what got you into it really it was back in 2005 the screensavers was having
1: a contest and it was like a 30 second horror film contest so i took a webcam put it in front of my cat who ran away and I was, i've never seen it the cat again so i think the cat <laughs> didn't like fame but i submitted this weird video my name is tab i'm a killer cat like the, the cat actually responded perfectly in the video so i i Submitted it, they added on TV, and it was one of those wow, somebody actually liked something that I did. And then I had a friend who was feeling down, so I then made them a video, and like they actually got laughing. So I was like, hmm, I wonder if I could create like a variety show. So I took stuffed animals in front of a Logitech webcam, one of those like stick webcams, yeah, and I made that. Then I started getting into like improv, very bad at improv. It's hard for me to watch a lot of the early <laughs> stuff I did. Yeah, <laughs> but I did that. Uh, Chris Brogan invited me out to a video on the net because they were trying to show that video and media was where the net's going to go. That we had done VoIP, but the big future was media. And when I went out there, it showed me, wow, somebody sees potential, and it started me into a move for media. I went to PodCamps because there was one. I was invited to a second video on the net, and I went to a podcast in Boston. Got into podcasting. Never had a consistent message until last year when I got into World of Warcraft. I love the game. I love the community, and I was like, "What if I found a way to talk with people?" So it's kind of it's been a long journey to get here, mm-hmm. but I'm finally consistently bringing my message out.
0: Nice. And so then uh, was for, of the the various podcasts you have, Frazzle or yeah, Frazzlecast was the the first one that you sort of committed to start, you know, did the show art, et cetera, set up with the website. That's where I where it, spidered out from there.
1: Yeah. And like, it started with Frazzlecast. Then I was like, hmm, I wonder if I could try a weekly satire show, kind of like the Onion Radio News, but about World of Warcraft. So it's either about the development of World of Warcraft or things in game. So I started the Frazzle Report, which actually tags on to Frazzlecast. Then I was like, then I wanted to also do something inspirational because every week, I try to think positively. So I started an inspirational podcast and then my dad has poems for, and it, he has memos that he does for, for work. And I wanted to put those out as a thing for, for the business. So then it's just kind of like sprout from there. It's just like get ideas. I try to make sure that before I start a podcast that I can sustain it. Like I've got two that are joke podcasts that I will put an episode out when I feel inspired and have the time, but don't rely on those podcasts but the other ones, I have consistently kept at it. And like some weeks, it's tough because it's like you got to think of work. Fastly is the only main longest work. I mean, the other ones, I can put out a, a good production in less time. This one, I have to do like the recording. But it's it's a fun way each week to try different things. I don't ever feel bored. It's just sometimes like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. Like after this, I'll yeah. be editing today. <laughs> so it's <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's at weeklyawesome.com, right? Is your sort of home for all your other stuff. And they obviously each have their own website as well, it looks like.
1: Yeah, and I found some people that have been encouraging me in the podcast community. And I was like, I like your podcast. I think we have a good mix. So I've started, I don't want to call it a network because I it's not really the business side. Like we don't own any control of anybody else's feed, but I wanted to give some promotion to a few of my friends who have been there with me and we all encourage each other. So there's a few shows there that aren't my own, but they are great podcasts and they complement the overall brand.
0: Right. Yeah. And it's kind of nice just to be able to send folks to one spot. That's yeah, that's more or less what kind of what we do at good stuff. We do technically the technically we own the feeds, but they don't, if they wanted to take it somewhere else, we'd be like happy to (laughs) send you off on your way if you want to, or whatever. There's no, yeah, we don't, we try to keep the business out of it as much as possible just for the sake of a hobby and having fun with it, obviously. Um, which obviously brings its own stress as far as sometimes when you're paying bills and things related to the, the hobby, yeah. but, but uh, anyways, that's a whole nother discussion, but, but it is, uh, yeah, it's just kind of a fun thing. And I, and I get the sense, like uh, there is a lot of World of Warcraft podcasts, even being as little uh, into actually playing the game as I am, I am very aware of, of seeing a lot of, of different shows. And it seems like a, a game that inspires a lot of discussion, obviously, and whether it's, um, yeah, like what, what, I guess in brief, what's the the premise sort of for Frazzlecast and how you've sort of spun your own interesting angle on on World of Warcraft podcast?
1: For me, I realized there's a lot of podcasts that have the same people every week. And it's great. And they have great chemistry. And sometimes I, I miss the chemistry, which is why I'm glad when I have regulars who come back. But I wanted to talk with people who don't always get into podcasts. And every week, I want to talk with different people. So it's kind of finding a, a way each week to get a discussion topic and figure out, let's see if we pair different people together. And it's, it's amazing. Sometimes I will pair a guest with somebody else and they become friends. So it's right. building friendships. I've become friends with some of the guests that like, I had a few that I never even really knew. It's like, Hey, I want to talk with you more. Do you want to come on the show? So it's been a way it's a discussion. It's a round table and it's voices that aren't heard in some of the guests who have come on, what I love is they have started their own podcasts, so they got over that initial jump and that initial hurdle.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's. I think that's uh, like in the previous uh, episode with Stephen Penny, we talked about just that. The way that having a podcast, like obviously, you wouldn't necessarily be able to just like say, "Hey, do you want to chat about World of Warcraft sometime over Skype?" And some people would probably do that, but like it definitely gives you a, a more of an excuse to have. Uh, conversations with people about this thing, and and yeah, whether folks are listening or not, I guess in the world doesn't matter as much as just that that uh, kind of connecting point and a, and a purpose behind it. So well, that's really awesome. And so, has it? Um, I guess in terms of like the within the game, are you focused on? I don't I forget what the word is. Like your your group or your um, try uh, whatever the word is inside World of Warcraft. Is it sort of like your the people you play with, or is it just like you sort of see somebody else? and randomly connect that way, or you maybe see them on social media somewhere and sort of connect that route or, or what are the sort of the connecting points sometimes for, for where you find your guests?
1: I find some in my uh, guild. I'm, I'm part of convert to raid, which is by Pat crane. It's, it's a large guild. So I find guild, them in there. A, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then like, I, I listen to communities on other podcasts. I connect with people, social media. I even bring people that are listeners. Like one of the guests that I love having on was somebody who just started listening, started reaching out and was like, Hey, you're interesting. I I want to have you on the show. So, and we've Mm -hmm. had a lot of fun. We've built a friendship and there's somebody that I now count as a close friend. They've been there. They've been encouraging even the difficult, (laughs) discouraging times. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's kind of, I, I've got a spreadsheet going and I just like, I want that person. I want that person. And then I'm trying to manage like the, the, the diversity and that I don't bring the same person on. There was a time where I brought everybody on all the time. I had like, I think one episode like nine people. It
0: didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You hit some tech, technical limitations there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and no one had a room to breathe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then when everybody starts laughing and it just kind of overwhelms the, the audio for sure. Uh, I guess what, in technical side of it, what are you using sometimes, like when you are using Skype, like we're doing right now, or what, what would you use to actually record and, and talk with folks?
1: For the longest time I was using Discord, but when I had two guests on, I could not differentiate their audio. So I tried for things like I tried Craig, great bot if you're using only Craig's audio and not trying to add your own to it. Then Dave Jackson got me onto Squadcast, and I have been thrilled with it. Like they have a cloud backup of the stuff that everybody's in multi track, and mm. it sounds the closest I can get to local audio without having everybody record on their own ends. It's all synced up, so it saved me time. So if you're doing remote audio, it doesn't work for everybody, but definitely look at Squadcast. They are a upstart. They are, I would say they're they're eager. Like every time I have an issue, I email them in and they're like, oh yeah. So they have been perfecting the program. They keep tweaking it. They have audio engineers. They're a company that I feel truly cares about what they do. And Squadcast is the backbone Without them, I'd have to figure out a lot of stuff, but I have been pleased since moving to them.
0: Yeah. So it looks like, yeah, there's a similar, there's some of uh, these kind of, a lot of services too popping up, like we said. Um, And so, yeah, it looks like they've got a business, like a plan actually, and you're paying money, which is good in terms of these kind of services. So hopefully they stick around 20 bucks a month and then they do the video as well. looks like Um, one host up to three guests. So that's kind of cool. Is it?
1: Uh, Video for right now, they are going to be adding video recording because mm, gotcha. uh, in different interviews, they've said video recording is coming. They're going to be adding a thing for Twitch. I don't know when, so I'm not trying to speak on their behalf because it's, yeah. it's in their development. But what they've leaked out is that they're going to be adding mobile, Firefox. So they have features coming, but they want to have reliability. What caught me on them and is that Dave Jackson gave them thumbs up. And then also somebody who runs the Unstructured Podcast. They deal with a lot of hosts in a lot of different situations. And the fact that this person said they have done all their shows on SquadCast and it has saved their butts and so many times I'm like, okay, if they have varying guests, they have handled all the, the tech stuff, that that I love. And then Alex Lindsay on MacBreak Weekly of like Pixel Core Media, he gave Squadcast a thumbs up. Like, okay, if oh, Alex wow. gives them a thumbs up, that speaks <laughs> heavily to me too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. It's uh, I actually hadn't come across that. Dave Jackson, of course, is uh, uh school of So great site to check out for uh, obviously podcasting <laughs> and learning how to podcast. Um, and then, yeah, so that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I'll have to check those guys out as well. It's it's so funny how, like, I mean, right now I'm using, uh, Ecamm live through Skype to talk with you. And then that goes out to, um, Twitch and, uh, well, restream and then Twitch and Mixer and et cetera. Um, and there's yeah a hundred. It used again it, like back in the day there was like one service and you had to like hobble together literal wires and and things to try and tin cans and things to make it all work together. Now there's like you can't you Google and you there's like tons of services to try and do all this solve all these problems which is it's great to have and so um, yeah it makes it so much easier than than it used to be to to do a simple thing. I know even Skype has added NDI support so that's like where within the computer or a network on your local network you can actually use it as a video camera basically. So pull it into something like OBS or, um, Memo live is when I play with sometimes, but, um, where it's actually like a video source in, in there. So you don't have to worry about trying to like capture the webcam screen on your computer and things like that. So, um, this is just my way of saying as the old, old man here of saying how we had to, how hard it used to be and how easy you kids have it these days. (laughs) So, um, Anyways, let's just continue down the gear train. I guess of you're you're talking to a microphone, obviously. And so, what uh, what kind of gear are you using these days for for recording on your end? And and what kind of studio space sort of do you have set up that you're you've got going?
1: So I, I'm on a high pr 40 I like the sound, and it's one of those. I know it doesn't work for every voice, but I like that radio sound. I'm I'm still going to be working on like deessing and stuff like that. So I got to figure out all the equalizing. I'm going into a DBX-286S into a Scarlett, but that's actually going to change next month. So Helicon Gaming has come out with this thing called the GoXLR, and for my use case, I plug in my mic into it, do all the stuff. That it does like digital software processing, so it adds a chip, and then I can send the audio to OBS. I can send the audio to my recorder. I can do all this stuff and even do voices, so I could be like, Hey, how are you doing today? <laughs> <laughs> so I can do all the modulation in a much easier way than I can in voice meter. But yeah, that all nice. that stuff goes to in, into a PC. I, I do all the editing on a Mac, but I, I like having a dedicated machine for this. I can turn everything off on the machine that I don't need. And it's nice not having to set up all the time. For a, over a year, I would have to set up before every time I would record. And that just gets exhausting. And things break when you uh, go up and down. Not like physically break, but the software doesn't yeah. get configured the right way. So now I just open up voice meter, connect to whatever what I need, and it, it's solid. So that was a recent gear acquisition. And then, I mean, other than that, it's just I went to XLR because I wanted the extra c- control. I, I noticed a change from USB to XLR, and I noticed reliability went up, but I still use a USB interface to get the audio in
0: right and so that's that go xlr thing actually looks interesting that's like a that would replace like you said the scarlet usb device with some sort of controller as well as kind of like a mixer looks like but more set up with the idea of like you're a live streaming recording podcasting kind of person as opposed to like a audio engineer recording a band is that
1: yeah and if if you're one person in a room recording to something like Squadcast, it works perfectly if you're trying to do like Multiple inputs or mix minus if if you're like on a, if you're on the scarlet the or a mixture with like all the inputs it's probably not for you and it's one of those I looked at it and I saw for my use case it fits me right. and I like what they're doing with it, and plus I like the voices I can do auto tuning <laughs> i I have a face palm as my twitchy moat. so <laughs>
0: Yeah, if you haven't listened, once you listen to Fresco, you can sort of get the idea, like I'm I'm assuming within sort of the, the game and within sort of portraying a character within the game almost or whatever, a role playing uh, with even within the podcast side of it. It's not just like you're talking technical details of World of Warcraft. You're kind of like sharing stories of the game and, and what's happened and things. So, yeah, you can definitely see it. And it looks, I mean, it looks neat. It looks like a fun little gadget to kind of like the, um um who is it, Elgato's stream deck which is for streamers and, and setting up scenes, but this would be more like for audio. Right. There you go. You've oh yeah. The, but, the mini. Yeah,
1: Or, or the, 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 big one I've got or
0: the least. Let's the, the, the... Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's, uh, I actually, I have to ask you, does that, I'm assuming I've always assumed that only works windows side. Does it play nice on the Mac with anything?
1: Yeah. It is a little bit more limited because you don't have like X split, but it works windows and Mac. Cause I, I do stuff on another computer at another another location with OBS, and it, it works fine.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's the, yeah, for, I guess, for the audio folks, there's, Elgato has a stream deck, which is like a, basically, you can programmable shortcut hardware, shortcut keys. You just sit on your desk, it plugs in with USB, I believe, and then. And just triggers things inside a, a streaming software like OBS or again, uh, yeah, various XSplit, et cetera, software that uh, you can use Streamlabs OBS probably as well, and um, all that kind of stuff. So, fun, fun stuff if you're into the gaming streaming or live streaming of any sort and kind of get to play, um, what TV producer, I guess, basically, while trying yeah. to manage a conversation, while trying to keep show notes going, while trying to keep conversations going. So, <laughs> it's it, all,
1: all that could be, be a challenge I, I make the download the priority so i try to make sure that if everything goes wrong with with twitch and it typically does like the live will crap yeah. out somewhere or stuff i make sure that the audio sounds good for the the down listener i add the live because then it gives me a set time each week that i have to for my own accountability i have to be there but if live doesn't work some week because of something we still go ahead <laughs>
0: yeah yeah that's exactly what, like what I'm doing with this too because I'm looking at the twitch dashboard and for whatever reason even though my upload bandwidth has plenty of room I'm being capped by twitch for some reason so it's probably getting all garbled or whatever and I don't know why exactly I have that, like recently
1: I think something's going on with twitch servers because I've recently had it where it's gone down so yeah it's yeah it's fun <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's the, the podcast I did yesterday. I have a YouTube fan podcast and we did that yesterday and And I was streaming to Periscope and Twitch and, and apparently it just stopped halfway through and it was like, you know, pixely frozen on something, some sort of weird face, but nobody bothered to tell me. And so <laughs> I had no idea. And so everything on, on your end or like when you were streaming, it looked fine because it's restreams, thinks it's all good and everything's coming going out anyways from it. Okay, but apparently not. So anyways, I just checked now. So hopefully it seems to all be working out there, but obviously tweet at somebody. If you're, if you're watching a stream somewhere in the world and you, th- it's all weird and not working, just send them a polite tweet or comment saying, Hey, it looks like it might be broken just in case. Cause they might be happily playing the game, not even realizing or podcasting or whatever, and not even realizing it's, it's not working. And it's kind of, it is kind of disheartening after the fact to find out that <laughs> you thought you were talking to people and actually li- like, normally it feels you actually know you're not actually talking to people, but at the, technically it's working. Whereas if it's, yeah, you're talking to people and they're not even able to even see you or hear you, then that's even more disheartening. So anyway, the weirdest one is when the the stream gets
1: lagged. I have it every once in a while, a rare thing will happen where the Twitch is seeing 30 minutes behind. I'm like, oh. how?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do you live stream, do you live stream the, the podcast, like the Frazzlecast, as well? Or is it kind of just more for gameplay stuff that you do that? Um, I, I stream the, uh, the
1: podcast that one I do when my bandwidth works and then the game streaming, that's actually less of a priority for me because sometimes I don't have the energy or the bandwidth at the time to do it. Right. But I do game streaming to test out live. It's nice to have something to be able to test out. Yeah. And it's just fun to play around with it. But there are times that you just want to play a game and not talk with anybody. Yeah. (laughs)
0: You mean you can play video games and not stream it on Twitch? Is that a that's allowed still? <laughs>
1: it, it it's like voting and not putting on social media.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, so we, I forget where we stopped exactly into in your audio chain and and stuff. I think you said you you record on a Windows side, edit on a Mac side. So what are you using as far as software to edit with, and anything special there that you secret sauces that you mix your audio with and sent before you send it out into the world.
1: I have moved to Logic Pro and I like how it works. I was on Audition for a long time, but I like how uh, Logic Pro strips silences. And then it makes it so easy to be like, okay, it's like everything past here, move audio up and up and back because seeing where the audio is, I can leave in pauses if it's not too long, but then take out the the bad ones. Mm-hmm. And then I rely on Isotope. I love their plugins. I put things through Nectar. I, I even got like an ozone thing on there. To me, it sounds good. So I like it. And then I also love the... I'd probably say the secret sauce of everything is everything goes into Auphonic. I have the desktop version of Multitrack and then Leveler. I level in the Multitrack or level stuff in, get rid of most of, like, 95% of everything that's bad, make it sound good. Then once it's done, I just send it one more time through Leveler to turn into MP3. And then it kind of makes everything sound good. And that's kind of... I use that so that way I don't have to worry about something being too loud, being too soft.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've uh, we actually I my partner Kyle Roderick and I who run good stuff. We sort of take turns kind of like trying different techniques and stuff and so we'll um up until now I've been using Ophonic all the time the same like the multi-track desktop uh, leveler and uh and then recently I've just been trying using Logic Uh, Because I wanted to try and use the the chapter markers inside of Logic so you can throw those chapters in. Because if you're doing that, then I couldn't figure out a good workflow for like keeping the chapter markers intact. But then also using um, uh, Forecast is what I was using, Marco Armand's sort of audio MP3 encoding and chapter embedding thing, which takes the the completed WAV file and just makes an MP3 for you while putting chapter markers in. And so um, whereas before I was doing the exporting from Logic, you know, individual tracks, into um, Ophonic, but then, and then throwing it into, there's a Mac app called Chapters that it would, I could add the Chapters to the MP3 for later. Um, Anyways, there's like, again, 10 different ways to get at this, but what's, what are are you using Chapters? I I noticed you're (laughs) wanting to jump in there. Is there a workflow you have?
1: Uh, I I do the uh, forecast. I used to do forecast for the rendering because it does an amazing job and fast but I now just do it through Alphonic because it's the same encoder and I'm already taking time to level it. But I have found from Logic, it takes a little bit of time to go up to... I open the MP3 in Forecast and I have to copy every marker over. But what's amazing is it seems to understand time codes from Logic pretty well. So I just like double click here. So that's the only manual process and I only do chapters on one show. But yeah, Forecast, it seems to do chapters the best and be the most compatible in most apps. Like I was having an issue. I used, I used another app and it seemed to act up really weird with artwork or things like that. So I had a few episodes that the chapters just bugged
0: out. Yeah. So for,
1: I love forecast for that.
0: Yeah, it is. I, that's a, a client of mine had, had some issues where I was using the chapters app and it seemed to like there's, it was just random, you know, really edge case kind of either a web, a uh, certain web, like Safari, I think, or Firefox I can't remember what it was, but uh, it wasn't playing very, it'd take a while to load because, and it seemed like it was when I added chapters to it. Um, so I switched to forecast. That was kind of the, the, what motivated me to try it. And then, um, and also then, so inside of logic, that means I'm doing a bit more of, uh, I could use a phonic leveler, I guess, if I wanted to. But I was using, trying to do it sort of the handcrafted way of like having the the uh, audio level meter more running and and being a little bit more aware inside Logic of what I'm actually doing there and being aware. But but yeah, at the end of the day, it feels like. Whether right now or in six months or a year, certainly an algorithm is going to do a better job of making sure everything is level than I am if I'm, you know, listening to it and and get distracted for a moment and forget to, you know, drop down a, somebody's laugh or whatever. And um, whereas, yeah, the machines definitely are going to take my job at some point here. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, and this is the h- the hardest part about podcasting is all this small work and there's a thousand workflows to do things. And yeah. I try to look at what people are doing, but then figure out, okay, what seems to work for me? And it's, I, w- I would say to everybody, always experiment. Don't r- rely and stay on one way to do things. I have changed how I do things a hundred times. <laughs> I'm I'm getting a good workflow, Yeah, but I'm always trying to be, is this the right way? And is this the most productive part of my time? And it's going to change within a year. I mean, we'll probably be using like some other program. I mean, and who knows, maybe Apple will come out with like their chapters export. We never know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. That's the, it's the fun of it, but also, yeah, the stress of like, at the end of the day, there's some per- small percentage of people who appreciate those chapters. For example, there's some small percentage that are like super annoyed if the, you know, the levels, if it, uh, uh peaks on their you know car stereo or something. And so, and you don't want to tick those folks off, but then half whatever some major number of people are oblivious to all of those little <laughs> extra touches that people are putting in but but yeah you try and do it as best you can obviously and and things like that so um and then uh so yeah i think that we've covered kind of the workflow and then artwork and stuff you have obviously there's an interesting style of of uh of show art for uh, uh that kind of comes along with being on a, a world of warcraft podcast and is that stuff that you do as far as yourself or do you outsource some of that or how do you approach some of the artwork and the creativity on the visual side of a podcast
1: i was doing it all my myself and then i found a program called relay that at relay and it lets me output audio artwork so i basically just have to put in a logo i can find an image from like unsplash or i have story blocks and i will pull that out and then wow i will sometimes like pull in anything from wow model model viewer so i like, I, on one, I had a gnome that was singing and an ogre that was singing. So I, I I'll kind of like, I will do a little of Photoshop here and there, just kind of whatever feels right for that episode. Mm-hmm.
0: And then also do you, you put out, um, I noticed you have a YouTube channel. So then is that just a, a video version of it or do you actually like, is that only when you have a, an actual recording, like, you know, a live stream or a video version of it, or do you make a video version of the, just the audio only shows as well?
1: I just send over a thing from Libsyn, so it it makes it easy. Oh yeah, doesn't cost me anything extra. Yeah, it's not as engaging, and I understand that. And my views show it that I get a view here and there. I kind of use it for the fact that it'll send to Twitch through a. There's a tool that will actually out watch your YouTube channel or or whatever place you have, and it'll upload to your Twitch. So then your Twitch can watch your finished stuff. But yeah, I I've done video editing. I don't want to do it every single week for a show that can probably average about sixty to ninety minutes. So I figured (laughs) Yeah. Twitch can get it on the VODs, but then past that, I'm sorry. Yeah. The audio's the priority.
0: Yeah. I think every podcaster kind of like goes through that phase of like, oh, I'll throw it on YouTube and then I'll get subscribers that way or whatever. And and it, I'm sure it works for some shows, but I know for the vast majority of, of stuff, that's what like all the shows we've tried with good stuff, having our good stuff morning show and the YouTube podcast will randomly like, I, I don't know, some keyword aligns and, you know, someone's searching for Bono or whatever. And all of a sudden that episode will get 150 plays, but for the most part, it's 10 or less <laughs> for a video. Yeah. Uh, and that's even like this version of video where it is actually our talking heads and and not just like the yeah you know, the export from from Libsyn or or uh, Trans Transistor I know it does that as well now and others podcast hosts where it you know makes a video version of your audio file for you um, and you can put some overlays or whatever but um and it, I mean it's I look at it from like a digital archivist perspective too where it's just kind of nice to have it on YouTube in case somehow you lose all your MP3s I guess oh and, absolutely. And there's, yeah, like we said, there's some small percentage of people who maybe are that they rely on that version of your podcast. And because it's, like you said, it's click of a button and it's done. It's, it doesn't really hurt, but, but yeah, it's, it's something that feels like a bit of the, of wasted, um, I don't know what digital work, I guess. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Well, and I say with YouTube, the ones that truly excel with YouTube are the ones who put in that extra Visual touch, like the videos that I watch on YouTube, are the ones where like things move around. Everything is articulate. It's so well crafted. That's the ones who truly, truly excel because video. It's a medium that when you use it to its potential, it's great.
0: Yeah, yeah. You have to sort of as I as you're talking there, I switch the screen just a little bit so that uh, the video version will have. Looks like I was taking the time to do, do an extra cut, but but yeah, it has to. It almost has to that, and the level it keeps the level for of entry. I guess for quality video on YouTube, obviously keeps growing because you know podcasts like ours have six camera shoot, shoots or whatever, for, <laughs> for yeah, every single angle up the nose of the podcaster and stuff like that. That so you can see everything and every, anything that they're doing. So. Um, which is very, yeah, there you go. <laughs> a little extra bonus in case you're listening to the audio version, you can see up the nose of Jonathan on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and as a lot of the, so the, a lot of the folks you would be interacting with, do you have any in-person guests as well that were or friends that you do podcasts with, or is it primarily over the web and, and, you know, World of Warcraft around the world folks that you're doing this with?
1: It's pr- primarily people around the world. Like I've got a friend who lives close to me that I brought them on for like video editing and to talk about that for creation, but I still like doing it it's over the computer because then I don't have to worry about a noise gate and mm-hmm. I don't have to think about multiple people in one space. So it's for me, it's kind of the, the,
0: the cost and it's, it's easier just to do online. Yeah. I know it's it's funny how that is actually these days. Uh, it, it's actually a lot more stressful to have somebody in the room uh, and trying to record everything and make sure everything's working properly than it is uh, over the web. Uh, and, and I guess, in, in sort of the, I want to ask you a bit about World of Work, just to geek out a bit on that. But before that, um, with your podcast, any other interesting ways that you've, uh, a question I asked with Steven and kind of surfaced a bit with him in the previous episode of using, uh, he was using Instagram as far as finding a bit more of an audience for his show there because of the type of show he has. Um, but any interesting places that you've kind of surfaced fans or listeners, I guess, of your show that, that folks might not have otherwise been trying. Like we said, there's so many different places and ways you can promote a show these days and places it can be hosted and played back. But, um, yeah, is there anything that's working better than others for you, for you with, with your podcast?
1: I would say Twitter's a big thing. Like in the, the wow community, people do a lot of stuff on Twitter. I'm not. Always able to see everything that's out there, but I do at least try to put a tweet out there. Uh, Discord, there are different discords that I'm a part of, and they will have a share your stuff, promo your stuff area. So I will tr- put that there when I remember because then you catch some people there. And then one that I've found is interesting is sometimes I will get involved with other podcasts and like I'll be with, I'll be there, and then someone will invite me on, and that's a great way to p- to pick people up. I was just part of there is a con before the storm, which was a convention before BlizzCon. And I was part of the pod before the con, which was for people who couldn't go to con before the storm. We, we, we all got online and just had a, a panel and I've picked up some, some people up from there. And then there is a podcast that covers podcasts about Blizzard. And I got some people there. Like I will get people there every week. So it's, it really is the networking, trying to figure out where are people coming from and, when I'm in a community, I'm not promoting myself. I'm pr- I'm pr- engaged with that community. I won't go in and be like, hey, check out my stuff. I'll just interact with the people. And right. that has a way to, not in a manipulative way, but people will end up finding you because if they find you interesting, they'll search you out.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. And that's, yeah, you can't do the the drive-by almost of dropping a link to an episode and then never coming back again. Obviously, people sniff that out pretty quickly that you're... <laughs> Just kind of using the community for your own gain, I guess. Um, and that, yeah, it is the the finding the niche or the the community where folks are already discussing the thing that you do. And hopefully, if you're whatever it is, whether it's world of Warcraft or it's podcasting, like you know the bigger umbrella that we're under here, or or YouTube or whatever the your your podcast might be or your interests lie, you're probably already are in some of those communities, and they'd be happy to support and be curious about what you're doing on, on a podcast. And that's like you said, it, it's a great way to place to, to find guests as well. And um, and which segues nicely into if you're wanting to come on to this show <laughs> as Jonathan has. And uh, there's a link in our show notes at goodstuff.fm slash SMYM. So show me your mic slash ask. And that'll actually show you either whether you wanted to ask a question about the podcast or anything to do with podcasting. If you're feeling like you don't know where to turn, maybe you're overwhelmed with the idea of podcasting and just want to have, ask a question about how to do it, or you have questions about something we discussed in a past episode, you can. there's details on how to do that there. But also, if you're a podcaster and you'd like to come on the show in a future episode and talk about your show, just like Jonathan did, and uh, and whatever whatever the topic may be, I'm, I say that with a bit of apprehension, obviously, I'm kind of trying to think of some weird, obscure topic that isn't, that would be weird to me, not weird to you, obviously, because you're doing a podcast about it, but <laughs> <laughs> even World of Warcraft at first, I was like, oh boy, what if I don't know enough about World of Warcraft to actually talk to someone for an hour? Because some of your podcast, I was, the one you sent me was like a three-hour discussion uh, that like episode 41, I think you sent me the, because on the forum, it asked for like an example, just if I had one episode oh, to listen yeah. to, which one should I listen to or whatever, just so that I can become familiar with your podcast, if you're wanting to come on the show, obviously. Um and then I, I started loading. I was like, oh, a three-hour podcast, which is – it's great. Like that's actually – that's what's awesome about podcasting. Every – you know, podcast experts will say you should only have a half-hour podcast or it should only be a 10-minute podcast or it should be a weekly podcast or it should be a daily podcaster. And it like those are all sort of true in some ways if, depending on what you're trying to reach. But the fun of podcasting is that it doesn't really matter. You can do a two-hour show. You could do a 10-hour show. It doesn't – if you're having fun doing it and, and someone else wants to listen to it, great. And maybe they put it on at 5X because it's a 10-hour show about (laughs) whatever. (laughs) That's the fun of podcasting. So, yeah um and always be experimenting yeah always be experimenting exactly that's uh i think that's um, and obviously once you land on something you want to kind of be consistent in terms of when the thing comes out and what it kind of is at the risk of alienating folks but but certainly while you're sort of finding your way in there there's lots of room to experiment and try things so which i think that's great with like having a a home like weeklyawesome.com or whatever which is just kind of a place to point people to even if you're experimenting with new shows rather than like having to necessarily build out a website every time you have an idea for a podcast it's kind of a neat way to start it um, um but there is a there's a link that also in the show notes so goodstufffm slash smym slash what are we here 121 is this episode but last bunch of episodes there's a link to sign up for a mailing list if you're interested in joining a community of fellow podcasters that i'm sort of starting and trying to like i've there's lots of folks like the dave jackson's of the world the um the, who have Courses and and stuff like that, and and want to, and they they also have communities around their podcasting that you can join and all that kind of stuff. So not take nothing away from what uh, like Daniel Lewis um, and I'll you know take nothing away from what they're doing. And so this isn't trying to compete with anything like that. It's kind of just a a place to sort of maybe slide underneath some of those things where it's just like folks who want to help each other out with podcasting and uh, without any of the business and marketing stuff that kind of comes along with some of those communities. Um, which is fine for them. <laughs> I'm trying to be the polite diplomatic Canadian here. Uh, but anyways, it, all it is right now is a mailing list. If you're interested, sign up. There's a link in the show notes. It's just a MailChimp form, obviously, and, and uh, we'll see where it goes. I'm kind of in the process of feeling that out with a few folks and seeing where it might lead. So if that interest, interests you at all, find that in the show notes. Um, okay. So World of Warcraft, in terms of, uh, I guess for folks, there's, you buy the game, Plus, there's the monthly subscription, right? Uh, nowadays, you just download the
1: game and pay $15 a month, and you get everything up to the latest expansion. And until you get to level 110, that's all you need. So it, it is great. And then they're also coming out with classic in next summer, so you'll be able to play the original World of Warcraft before they change stuff.
0: Right. The vanilla, is that what they refer to, right? Or something, or the original or a classic, I guess, yeah. Blizzard's found a way to, I know that they're doing this with, they did that with StarCraft, they're doing it with Warcraft, where they're remastering the old versions of the game as well. Kind of found a way to milk more money out of all of us on existing work, basically. (laughs) Tapping into our nostalgia. Yeah, exactly. There's money to be made there, and and fair play to them for doing it, and we're the ones who fork over the money. (laughs) That's, it's yes. it's it's funny because my kids are now at the age where they're getting into like Fortnite and stuff, obviously, and and that's a big game, obviously, and so it's kind of like as the parents, even thinking of economics here, it's like they can play Fortnite and they're tempted to pull money into that, obviously. Every few months, there's the battle pack and the things that they buy, they want to buy in there. We've so far stayed clear of most of that. Um, Good, <laughs> yeah. But then you look at Warcraft, World of Warcraft, and you're like, man, that's fifteen bucks a month. That's one hundred and eighty bucks a year that you're paying for a game and stuff. And like, I don't. I fully appreciate an adult choosing whatever they want to spend their money on. Like I watch a movie a month or whatever, that's 10 bucks and I don't have anything to show for that at the end other than watching a movie. But, um, yeah, the economics of it just kind of boggle my mind sometimes of how obviously much blizzard is making off of it, but then also all the, the folks who are pouring into it. But I mean, it is, a I appreciate fully that, a immersive game like that is a fun, what, what's what, I guess you, you, you got into it a year ago or you got into podcasting about it a year ago. I forget what the timeline was there.
1: Um, I got back into Wow about two years ago, and then okay. I got back into podcasting a year ago. I was in uh vanilla, of wow, and I left because of just life wasn't working out i I had to kind of find who I was at that time, and Wow was just invading too much time. Mm-hmm. Now I found what I believe is a pretty good balance I mean' something that's probably tips more toward Wow, but yeah, I got back in two years ago, and what I love is it's a game that I pay fifteen hours a month. I can just keep doing stuff it will never go away. And I, and I mm-hmm. like that. I like that it. It's just something, but it's also been the community that's kept me coming back.
0: Yeah. And how, what, what is an average gaming session of, of wow. Like if you're, are you able to sit down for an hour and, and stuff and just kind of drop in like that? Or is it more like you're, you know, like a tabletop game that you might play for two or three hours a night that you kind of need, or is it a 10 hour event each time?
1: It's actually interesting. They, they've given you so many avenues. So like if you are top of the game and you want to really, do the, the latest and greatest. You can do raids, which can be multi-hours or multi-days per week, depending on how far you want to go. So you, you have a team that you want to go there. And there's some stuff you have to do to be ready for the raid. So I'm I'm not a raider. Then there's also, if you don't want to do raiding, but you want to still push yourself as far as you can, they have dungeons that just keep getting difficult, and they will increase your difficulty based on how well you do. And that's a an interesting thing that they added. There's also play versus player, which can be difficult or easy. And both the uh, the dungeons and those, they can probably last you an hour or, or less. I mean, or more depending on how long you do it. Right. Then they've added these expeditions where you can go onto an island and just kill things and get rewards. <laughs> so they're adding things to do. And then there's story quest. It's one, you have to find what you like to do, how far you'll commit. There's things I, I don't do or haven't done recently just because I don't have the time to commit to it. But it's kind of an it's it's a not quite a sandbox like the Star Wars galaxies, which I deeply miss, but it is it's not just
0: one thing anymore. Right. So in the sense of like a work or um uh Minecraft, let's say, where you're obviously building a thing that could stay persistent, but there isn't new things necessarily being added in terms of challenges or whatever to that world that you're in, this would be persistent in that sense of uh building and so and the story mode you mentioned or storylines even is that that's sort of like optional quests that you can do that progress a story in the in the sort of diablo sense of the word or is it more like one quest and then how do you sort of balance the story mode with uh, just running off and killing things verse mode
1: <laughs> it is more like the, the the diablo like you'll go into a zone and you need to complete stuff to do some of the raids and dungeons there are things that are locked behind story but the, You'll do those and then, and then you can get into whatever you want to do. So there is certain things and there's still a, a discussion with the developers on how much gating and the developers are trying things and right. that, like any company, they make mistakes. And right right now there's things that they've tried to do and that we're to be like, uh, we don't like it as much as, can you modify that?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah and actually well having you know a worldwide gaming audience like they do <laughs> or a gaming community that they do obviously pouring money into the game they are obviously need to be receptive to what what gamers are doing and liking and not liking and stuff so um so what's what the current your your character do you play one character within that game or do you can you run multiple characters at a time or is that where that each additional character would be another 15 dollars kind of thing or how does that work
1: um, every account can do fifty characters on the account, and then you can do twelve characters per server. So you can pretty much play as much as you want, right? And for me, I have alts. I want to play them, but I typically have time to really invest in one character. Yeah, so the, the, they're secondary, and I get to them like I was playing a druid,
0: but I play a no warrior. Right. <laughs> yeah, which uh, that's a, yeah, that's part of the the your. 're you're, you're kind of in character on your podcast, right it's sort of the loosely loosely i'm more in character on the fast report because that's kind
1: of playing a a character, but I do kind of play up being a gnome so i i have a i'm a little different on the podcast than I am in real life, but not that much
0: right <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, cool. Well, uh, I guess before we we end the show, I guess I, I'll I'll have links in the show notes, but just so if anybody's listening just to the audio version only, how can folks find you, follow you, et cetera, uh, with your podcast? Uh, you can go to Frazzlecast.com. I'll spell it out just because it can be interesting. Um,
1: F-R-A-Z-L-C-A-S-T. So that's, that's Frazzlecast. It was a name that if I – where do we do it? Probably would pick a different name, but it's just become now <laughs> – who I am, and it's like, I, I, at this point, I don't want to change it. I just got to put up with the fact that sometimes it can be bad for SEO. It can be bad for searches. Like, I don't come up for World of Warcraft and up a podcast, but that's a whole different <laughs> issue. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's funny how little things like that you you set out with and you don't really, under or at the time, you don't really think through or understand. The one I always yeah. say for clients is like, when you're thinking of a podcast that you're going to name, make sure you say it out loud before you worry about the domain name, because you're going to be saying it over and over um, and, and yeah, having to actually pronounce the word thing on your podcast, presumably you're going to mention it. <laughs> so if it's awkward to roll off the tongue in any sort of way, even though it looks cool when you type it out, uh, that's kind of a big, uh, red flag, I guess, as far as what you, how you name things and then anything else social media wise that you're, you're, you're pointing people to.
1: I would probably say, um, um, at, at Jonathan Bloom on Twitter and, and that's, that, that's kind of, I will try to like retweet podcasting things there. Uh, I'll, I'll post a daily walk selfie to keep myself accountable. But so so that that's my human version of me and that's <laughs> where I will like talk about more, more podcasting stuff. I'll retweet podcasting things there.
0: Right. Nice. All right. Well, thanks Jonathan for doing this. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for um being a part of the Show Me Your Mic interview series here. And uh for you folks out there, like I said, feel free to visit goodstuff.fm slash siym slash ask, and you can be a guest on a future episode of the show. I will do my best to get back to you. I'm I'm terrible at scheduling, as Jonathan and others who are coming on the show are well aware. Um, but because uh, it's, yeah, it's always just a, a fun fun time trying to schedule things. It's not, it's, this is literally the truest sense of the word. It's not you, it's me when it comes to that. It's <laughs> so.
1: scheduling, you have to learn a lot. i I've, I've, that's probably one of the hardest things is like oh can you come on the show oh well yeah you you can't at this time it, it's yeah it's fun
0: <laughs> yeah adding time zones and everything into it plus the technical side of trying to book everybody in at the right time and um i know i've used services like calendly and uh, i think i used what did i use with you guys the um doodle poll I yeah doodle I used. yeah so that's i don't know i mean there's a million different ways to do that one too and um yeah, if, if you got some good suggestions of what you're using for that kind of stuff, scheduling, I, I think the goal to me is like an assistant who I just say to him or her book this <laughs> yes here's my availability book it for me that's kind of like the ultimate goal so maybe i'll just set a, up a patreon campaign for assistant <laughs> chris's assistant.com anyways uh yeah so you can find this episode GoodStuff.fm/smym/one slash smym slash 121 and of course in all the various podcast players that are out there and uh, i look forward to talking with you folks again next time I think next episode i think is. Uh, Kyle and I'll be back talking just podcasting stuff. Uh, So if you've got questions about how we run a a podcast network, like good stuff, how we do our various shows, how we bring on guests, how we, anything, anything and everything to do with podcasting, we're happy to chat about. Uh, And, uh, other than getting rich quick, that's the only one we don't know. We can't tell you how to do that part. (laughs) So, all right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching out on the stream. If you happen to be out there watching somewhere, thanks for stopping by and, uh, We'll be back again in a week or so.